This is the Retail Politics Podcast. Here we strive to give you the best political information about your nation. One download at a time. Here's your host, former congressional correspondent and award-winning reporter, Jerry Shields. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, listeners, for spending 30 minutes of your precious time with us as we break down issues concerning Americans providing substance through conversation. Today, we will discuss the First Ladies of America as a President's Day edition, and I'm going to be joined by my colleague, the Wizard of Pods, Mr. Brad Maybe. Hey, Brad, what's going on? Oh, hello, Jerry. You know, someone must have backed out if I'm <laughs> joining you for the podcast. Just know you as a man of history, you know. I mean, oh. Oh, yes. I've heard so many people say, he's history, he's history. <laughs> oh, 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 I didn't sign up to be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I got this podcast together was I read a really great book out there. It's a biography of Eleanor Roosevelt. It is called Aptly, Eleanor by David McCallis. And um, she was really a kind of an amazing lady because she was really like the first first lady to almost be a, a dual president. If she, if anybody was to say, did we ever have a female president? She would probably um, come closest to it. And well, yeah, um, let me ask you this before yeah. we jump, before we jump into Eleanor. Yes. Let's, let's date ourselves. Okay. I just, I just turned 50. Ooh. So I was five, I guess five years old when Carter was elected. Uh-huh. And I really have no memories of, I, I guess, Rosalind being the first lady when I was a little kid. It wasn't until Nancy Reagan came right. into office that, you know, when she started the D.A.R.E. program, and that was right. her, right, to stay right. after that us, yep. that she is the, I guess she's my first first lady. She's the one that. I remember as a, as a, as a young lad being, and she was an interesting first lady too, because um, I don't think she was considered an intellectual giant. I mean, I think you know there was always that mocking her um, because she went to a fortune teller or something like that. But that that <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting. But uh, her say no to drugs campaign was very very interesting, and there's a lot of people, particularly the Democrats, who will say, well, you know, that was nothing. But drug abuse went down under Reagan. And you remember the great commercial, this is your brain, it was an egg, and this is your brain on drugs. Oh, yes, yes, and, of course. And even when Kamala Harris ran the last time, you know, she said Donald Trump won on four words, make America great again. We have to come up with a similar slogan. And that just saying no slogan was very effective, I think. I mean, you know, knows a complete sentence, and I think she kind of, uh, she kind of um, put that in there. So now that I've dated myself, <laughs> who, who, who is is your first first lady when uh, you were a young man? Well, I am a Kennedy child. I was born in 1961, and so he was he was killed in 1963. But I think I remember Jackie Kennedy. I remember that time, and I think the 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 visual that I have most is her standing there and, and John John giving the salute as the case sign mm. with the flag uh, went by. And um, I don't think a lot of people gave her credit as um, also like an intellectual thinker. But uh, what she did during that time was amazing. She really held the country together. And um, I think that, um, you know, I think she endured a lot 
Um, you know, Kennedy later on, we found yeah. out he had affairs and I think she knew about them. And, and, um, you know, that was a, that was a very interesting part there. Yeah. You know, the other, the other ladies, the first ladies of our time, um, that I thought made some important inroads was, uh, um, Betty Ford, of course. I mean, Betty oh, Ford yeah. came out. You know, we got the Betty Ford Clinic now. You know, so Betty. say another one that was fighting drug abuse. Exactly right. So she's, she's, uh, she's got the Betty Ford Clinic, which is is still there, and uh, that was just incredibly courageous to do that and come out like that. And then even Rosalind Carter. You were mentioning Rosalind Carter. She talked about mental health. You know, she she. Okay, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have no. I have no memory of yeah, Rosalind being she, the first lady. So so you need to talk about mental health. That you have no memory. Uh, of well, no, it's funny because I remember <laughs> Carter being the president and. At the time, because we're, I think we're right around the same age, I thought Amy Carter was cute. So I remember a lot about that White House. <laughs> I just don't remember Rosalind Carter, which is yeah, crazy. She was. She was very. She was very, 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 very quiet. Was she like a low key? Yeah, first yeah, very, lady. Very low key, and I think that was more of her personality than anything. Um, you know, I just think that's the way she was, and very graceful. I mean, she well, was I, a very I, graceful first lady. I, and I, you would remember more. I mean, was like just the turmoil of the time and, and Carter's, you know, rocky presidency just kind of pushing a first lady presence into the background? Yeah, you know, that whole presidency seemed to be accelerated. You know, I mean, it was only four years, but there were so yeah. many troubles going on that it just seemed to zip by. I don't think she had a real chance to establish herself, you know. Um, I, I I think she was a very bright woman, and, and I just didn't think she had a chance to establish herself, whereas Nancy Reagan had eight years. Uh, Hillary Clinton had eight years. So, um, yeah, she, she was kind of at a disadvantage yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to uh, Eleanor. Roosevelt. Yeah. So Eleanor was, um, as I was saying, she was kind of like the the co-president and um, she had an evolution. I mean, she grew up um, in a fairly uh, wealthy situations or um, good means. And, um, you know, her evolution of uh, black America came around because she was used to servants. And then, you mm -hmm. know, as she got in, she was probably the first uh, uh, government person uh, who wasn't of color to get into the civil rights situation. And I think she pushed her husband, who was always a very politically calculating guy, as they all are. And she pushed him on civil rights. Um, there was the lynching legislation that um, she supported, um, you know, uh, stopping all the lynching. Um, she ended up starting, helping to start the United Nations. Um, but, you know, we were talking about Kennedy and we're talking a little bit about Clinton. And um, those those guys uh, are considered very good presidents, but as people, they were kind of, I don't know, they were kind of crappy. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, Roosevelt treated her like crap and, you know, he had all these affairs and did nothing to hide it as Kennedy and, and Clinton when he went through there. And I guess there's a question, why, why these women um, stayed with these guys. They stood by their man. And I don't know, was it politically handcuffed? I don't know. I mean, there's also the, the, uh, the allure of, of, being the most powerful woman behind the most powerful man, I guess we could we could say. Uh, would you walk away from that just because he was having an, an adulterous affair, or do you stick around and enjoy the perks that come with being the first lady of the United States of America? Yeah, we have that with Melania Trump. I mean, everybody <laughs> always say, you know, that she's. They all say she's going to be gone soon, but I think the the, tell, the telling thing about her was that uh, I saw the 
the the limousine pull up to the Air Force One, and he gets out. It's raining. He gets out and runs up the steps and leaves her in the car. <laughs> you know, no umbrella or nothing. Uh, which was uh, which. Uh, but you know, the thing about Eleanor Roosevelt too was uh, she was a badass. She was very forceful in the Democratic Party, and I remember she didn't like John Kennedy. And uh, you know, John Kennedy wrote the book Profiles and Courage, and there's the best line I think of the Eleanor book. She says, "I." wish he would show more courage and less profile. And um, he went over to her house because he wants to become president. He just went over to his house kind of on his own, no guards, anything like that, and uh, basically paid homage to her and charmed her uh, to get her to support him during that um, during that election. So that was pretty um, that would that was pretty fascinating too. Oh, he was a smooth guy. Yes, he was a smooth guy. But it's interesting what projects they pick. I mean, Melania picked cyberbullying, and I don't know that you know anything came of that. Uh, Michelle Obama, Obama, she picked. Um, I think it was uh, school lunches. I believe yeah, childhood, <laughs> childhood obesity, and uh, I was a little disappointed with that. I, 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 you know, I worked in Baltimore and I worked in the, in the tough neighborhoods, the wire, you know, it's the wire. And I mean, the wire captured that whole situation pretty, pretty uh, well. I mean, really nailed it, but you know, Michelle Obama could have walked out of the white house and walked 10 blocks either way. And she would have been in the worst serving poverty in America. And I mean, I think her, she got legislation to make school lunches more nutritious, which is, you know, super admirable. But I think there were more people dying of guns and overdoses than and potato chips and pizza. You know what I'm saying? I well, you know, I I, I would take the, the the opposite side of that coin, and I would say that uh, granted, what you're saying is a legitimate issue that needs to be dealt with. But I think the childhood obesity is 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 also right up there. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, and and you could probably attest to this too, you know, in, in school in the 70s and even into the 80s, like you had the fat kid. In your class, there was yeah. usually like yeah. one fat kid yep. in your class, yep. and then, yep. and then there was you know, like you know something going on there. There was a yeah. a, a, a problem, either at home uh, psychologically, or the, the the kid just was in a, an environment that was conducive to to eating, or it was a preordained physical condition. But now, I mean, you you walk through a, a class of children, and 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 half of them, I mean, I just borderline overweight and right. and, and a, ch- a chunk of them are obese so right right yeah and you know we're all turning into a, 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 a the favorite comedian of mine david cross would refer to this as uh we're malnourished yet obese yes and, that's a good one that's a real and, good one. that's that's like and, an egomaniac with an inferiority complex you know that's yes thing so in terms of going back to some of the other first ladies i think you know one that immediately comes to mind is Mary Todd Lincoln. And um, again, just uh, she was she was a very fiery woman, um, as you know, and, and uh, you know, found later on to have some mental mental health. Yes. issues. And um, there was a great scene in where, you know, she used to give it to Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln was just, you know, he was exhausted from dealing with her and she was giving him trouble one day and he, he took her over to the White House window and he pointed to his sanitarium and he said, if you keep this up, that's where you'll be living. And that was kind of the end of that. Uh, But uh, again, uh, you know, in the face of her husband's death, I think um, she was pretty strong. I mean, I think, you know, the initial shock and everything, but 
you know, she, uh, she, she had a fairly good life after that, raised her kids and did what she was supposed to do and, and those kind of things. But the one lady that also was, um, really, when you think of first ladies is Dolly Madison, Dolly Madison, everybody thinks. Well, of ice cream. I enjoyed her treats. Yes. <laughs> yes everybody thinks. Now, of ice now cream. speaking of fat children, let's talk about Dolly Madison. Indeed. <laughs> That's that's I knew I knew that was coming up, but she was really interesting because she was the first first lady to invite both parties to the White House to meet and sit together. And that's where the word bipartisan came from. And God, if we don't need that now, you know, I mean, gosh, if, if there's any time um, where we need that, uh, this is it, you know, and um, wait a minute. So wait, I, that's a, a wonderful little factoid. Dolly Madison was was somehow inadvertently responsible for coining the phrase bipartisanship. That's right. Yep, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. was the first one to invite. You know, because back then, everybody talks about today's politics as being vicious. <laughs> those people, yeah. Jefferson, Hamilton, Franklin, those guys were vicious. They, And the thing that they did is they, they would uh, – do anonymous columns. They were allowed to write anonymous columns and they uh, would just slander each other and libel each other. And, and there was no, there was no recourse to, to do anything. So she comes through and, and, um, you know, basically says, come on, let's get together and, and do the Jefferson particularly. He, he had no, he had no room for bipartisanship, you know? And, uh, so, um, that's what we kind of really need right now, I think. And, um, I think Joe Biden has the opportunity to do that. And I think she has the temperament and the character, um, to do that. But, um, we're in a pretty tough spot right now. To put it mildly, Jerry, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. and it's only going to get tougher, uh, you know, getting, uh, to this point in uh, the country, I don't even want to say anything disparaging to anyone, but uh, that was step one to uh, start getting things back on the right track. So, And it's kind of interesting. I think we talked a little bit about this last week as the president has a bully pulpit. But um, one of the things that's interesting about Biden, and I guess maybe almost like Roosevelt, is when you see him, you see him her. You know, you, you see them together. And um, I think that um, he is reaching out to Republicans right now and um, trying to negotiate with them. But, um, you know, he, and he has the so-called bully pulpit. But, you know, there's a question of whether her and him and Jill can can be bullies. And I don't think they can. But he's a smart enough guy to know his way around there. And she is, too. You know, yeah, of course. And I think, well, yeah, she's a, is she a doctor. I'm she, well, she's this is an interesting question because people give her grief about this. She's a, a doctor. She got a PhD. PhD. Well, I didn't mean medical doctor, but yeah, she has a PhD. I mean, technically, she's Doctor Jill Biden. Right, and there was that that big flap during the during the. Um, during the campaign, well, we, we shouldn't call her doctor because she's not a medical doctor. Because that's when you first hear it, you think she's a doctor. Yeah, she's a medical doctor. Well, I think we've all had that guy on campus that insisted on being called doctor when we were in college. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. And that's Especially true. if you called him professor, uh, it's doctor. Sorry. <laughs> I don't Sorry. see her being that way, but uh, <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember that well. Well, she's got a lot of uh, 45 former first ladies to uh, learn from and to um, kind of uh, study. And um, it, it's just kind of interesting in this country. We have a President's Day and we never really talk about the first ladies because, um, boy, they put up with a lot. 
they put up with a lot. You know, I feel like there's there's a, there's a handful of first ladies that that get all the attention and 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 a lot get uh, uh, just kind of blown to the winds of history. So to yeah, speak. and again, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure if if I did more research, I'd find really quirky, cool things about all of them. And I'm sure there are many, as you say, who are anonymous that did some pretty amazing things. But um, you know, well, it's funny too when you're mentioning Dolly Madison and and having a hand in coining the phrase bipartisan. I also didn't know that when uh, Jefferson was in office because he was a widower, right. uh, Dolly Madison would step up and and do some of the uh, duties associated with being a first lady before she was actually the first lady. And there were several of those. I mean, when you look up how many first ladies we have, it'll say 45 official. And I think there were 11 who served in the role but never really had the title. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just fascinating. And uh, um, I'm hoping that this is going to be a co-president, kind of like Eleanor Roosevelt's was, you know, that we're going to have two hardworking people in there. And I do think Michelle Obama and Barack Obama was that way. Uh, Laura Bush, um, one of the things that Laura Bush did, um, she was and we're, we're in the middle of the Myanmar conflict. She was the one who really pushed um, for the generals um, to um, allow more democracy over there. And I can remember I had my mother-in-law, we, we were invited to the White House party, uh, holiday party, and you get to bring a guest. And, you know, my wife was always there. And um, so she, I said, let me bring your mom. And she's, she's from Myanmar. She grew up in Burma. So let's, let's take her there. And we went there and uh, we were, we were standing there with uh, Laura Bush and, you know, my, uh, my mother-in-law was dressed in like a, um, a long G and, and the traditional um, um, outfit. And um, George Bush said, hey, you know, uh, what country are you from? And she said, Burma. And, and uh, he said, oh, my wife's done a lot for Burma. And my mother-in-law said, yeah, that's why I'm here. I want to thank her. And, and uh, she was just, um, Laura Bush was a real cool lady too, but she was very firm. She was a firm lady. And um, so that was kind of a cool, um, that was kind of a little cool exchange that we had there. That is. Um, let me ask you this, because you're talking about Eleanor Roosevelt being very involved and hands-on and having a lot of little, I shouldn't say little, a lot of projects going while she was the first lady. In our time, uh, not too long ago, we saw Hillary Clinton really I don't want to say push the bounds of the first lady's responsibilities, <laughs> but she was doing a lot yes. more than any first lady would ever be expected to do. I mean, I, I believe she was on the Senate floor trying to get healthcare. a universal health care yes. passed. Yes. 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 And, yeah. um, and then she, you know, she went on to become a, a politician in her own right and, and running for president a bunch of yeah. times. Um, do you think she, do, do you think there's such a thing as a first lady, you know, you know, going a little, Overboard. That was, I, I, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was neat to take it to that level because that really would have almost been a co-presidency. I mean, that would have been sort of, but well, she got smacked down pretty quick. And I think she just, I think she just did it at a time, you know, you, of course we had that 1994 Republican revolution when they took over the house for like the first time in what, 60 years. And you had Newt Gingrich coming on board as powerful personality. And as soon as those guys, you know, they took out the knives and sharpened the fangs and boy, they just they just set her back. But um, you know, it, it it makes sense, right? I mean, if you got two people in the office, use them. I mean, yeah. these are not these are not you know 
women who aren't smart, many of them, um, you know, um, it just, just makes a lot of sense. You'll, you know, two heads are better than one. I like that thinking. How would you rank some of the first ladies? Is there is there a is there a worst to best? Ah, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a friend and uh, she's she's a history person and and she was just very disappointed with Melania. I think she just felt that um, she wasn't out there at all. She just didn't no. do anything. And I don't know. I mean, Melania, you you kind of almost knew what you were going to get because she said up front, "Hey, my family's." I'm raising my son and my family's my, that's the thing. And that's what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a ah, 45 is hard to be in the top 10, you know, this is true. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be in the top 10. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, that's just the way it goes. Well, I thank you, sir, for having this great conversation today. This was fun. I agree. You're, you're more than welcome. I, I'm happy to step up when needed chair. I appreciate that. You'd be a great first lady. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there. Thank you. Thank All right. You I want to thank our executive producer, Mike Gugat, our technical producer, Brad, maybe the Wizard of Pods who were with us today. Uh, we want to thank uh, the voiceover Tampa Bay, John Terzis, who helped us out with our little commercial here. And uh, we will be back next week when we will be talking about the opioid crisis uh, with Dr. Andrew Kalani, who uh, runs a, an opioid medical research center at Brandeis University. Uh, overdose deaths in America are around 500,000 in the last 20 years, which is more than has died in COVID. And there's a feeling that that is the unforgotten unforgot epidemic and the slaughter of the Americans. So come back and hang with us next week when we will have another edition of the Retail Politics Podcast. Until then, always remember, read beyond the headlines. Have a great week. With the front row, award-winning reporter Gerard Shields takes you into the vanishing world of print news to a time when stories were reported, not invented or twisted. Imagine you have press credentials in the front row with Shields throughout his decades-long newspaper career, covering political corruption, scandal, and heroics during the critical events of our time. With dozens of Amazon five-star reviews, Shields' latest work, The Front Row, is a passionate study of American journalism while delivering his own invaluable life lessons. The Front Row by Gerard Shields. Available now at Amazon.com.